Welcome to Startup Health Now, the weekly show celebrating the health transformers and change makers reimagining healthcare. My name is Stephen Krein, and on today's episode, we have one of my closest friends, Wayne Kimmel, a venture capitalist, an entrepreneur, an author, and a philanthropist who is talking about his secrets to networking his way to success. It is the duty of leaders to lead, of the creative to create, of the daring to do. The free world expects leadership of us. Its fate and our fate depends upon our leadership. Welcome to the show. Steve, thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you here, and it's great to really be able to spend so much time with you, Wayne. But for the listeners, I want to give everybody a sense of who Wayne Kimmel is, and then we're going to dig into some good healthcare, venture capital talk, funding talk, and, and industry talk. Well, you know, I, I'm managing partner of 76 Capital. Uh, I describe myself as an entrepreneur, a venture capitalist, an aspiring philanthropist, and now author. Um, right. I, I sort of add that to the, to the repertoire of things that we have going on now. Well, we're going to talk about your book, but take, take everybody back to who, who, who Wayne Kimmel is from the beginning. Where did you, know, you grow up? How, what led you into venture capital? How did you get to where you are today? Sure. Well, I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, then after that, you know, after going to school in Delaware, um, went to the University of Maryland with you. And we were fraternity brothers, right? And then uh, also then went to law school together. Um, and my whole plan in life was to be a lawyer. And things changed. Things changed because of people like you and what was happening in the mid-90s. And what was happening in the mid-90s was that there was this amazing new, this revolution that was occurring and people were trying to change the world. And this whole internet thing was happening. And I just had to find my way in. And thanks to people like you and other great friends, have sort of helped me get into this world, and there's no looking back. So uh, you're, you talk about this in your book, but your story how you decided to become a venture capitalist, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things you could have done in the startup world. Um, why venture capital? You know, I was completely fascinated when I would go to these startup events, and I would see all these people crowding around these this one person in certain in many of these different events I would go to and I would say who, who is that person like why, why are they all standing around there and I said and then they're like oh that's a venture capitalist that's a that's an angel investor he invests in and helps us make these companies happen and I said you know what I'd love to be one of those guys I didn't know how I was gonna do it but I knew I wanted to be one of those guys. You didn't take, you didn't take how to be a venture capitalist in college? They didn't have that class back then. And you know what was crazy? And Mark Cuban wasn't on TV, you know, with his Shark Tank show, telling people how to do all this stuff. So, you know, it, it, was a, it just was like a, you know, it was an amazing time. It was an amazing time, those mid-90s, when, you know, young people were just trying to change the world. And I said, I have to be in that space. I have to be in and around those people. And I did everything I could to break into that world. So, uh, first venture for venture fund was ETF one. Had the had it come about? I mean, raising your first fund. So I was 29 years old, and as we said earlier, I wanted to get into this industry, and I wanted to start an, a, a fund. And so, you know, fortunately, I was able to go out there, uh, find some great partners, and then go out and and just network and meet people and find investors. And I raised $20 million for my first fund. How many people do you think you pitched to get the $20 million? Hundreds, 
probably hundreds of people that I talked to to try to, to get that money um, initially. And I was just really, really fortunate to find a great group of investors that believed in me, believed in the fact that I was able to go out and identify entrepreneurs who were trying to do amazing things. And fortunately, um, we found some really great entrepreneurs and they did the things that they said they were going to go do and we did really well together. So I want to go back to the fundraise part of that. First pitch to the last pitch, what changed in your, in your thinking, in your pitch, in your style? Well, I think one of the things that, that I had from the very beginning that I always talk about is as, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, as an entrepreneur trying to start a venture capital fund, right? That's really, that's why I always describe myself as an entrepreneur first, because I didn't have a venture capital fund. I didn't, wasn't, didn't walk into a venture capital, I, venture capital fund. I created that. So I, I always think about myself as an entrepreneur, and I think that one of the things that I always talk about is this idea of having air cover. You know, how can you have air cover? How can you find partners, friends, advisors, mentors, people that can sort of surround you to give you the credibility that you need to sell whatever you're trying to go sell? And luckily, when I was getting started, I had companies like Safeguard and the CEO of Safeguard and the other venture capital funds in the greater Philadelphia region and other kind of like major people in the industry that were not only saying that I knew what I was doing, but they were also investing with me. And having their support and having that air cover around what I was going to, what I was doing was, was really big. And, and I would add one other piece. Yeah. I had a really great partner. I had a really great partner um, who, and his name was Ian Berg. And Ian. And, and you know Ian, and you got a you know, great opportunity to work with him as well, and you know, certainly means a lot to both of us. And I learned so much from him. Uh, I was 29, he was 59. Our joke was that he knew the dads and I knew the sons, and we went out there and we just did a lot of great things together. Um, I want to talk about Ian a little bit later, but tell me about the couple winners, couple losers in the first fund. Sure. Well. I always like starting with the winners, you know. I, but you know, we, we we had we had three really great wins, really big wins. Um, you know, Seamless Web, which you know, every time I come to New York City and I walk around the Wall Street area and I see the old Seamless Web stickers, you know, just reminds me of back, you know, brings me back to those board meetings with Ian and Jason Finger and Paul Applebaum, and we would sit there and in this freezing cold pizza shop where we'd have our board meetings because we didn't have a boardroom. We didn't have the beautiful office at the time. And half the time, the guy at the pizza shop would try to throw us out because we, weren't, we would sit there for more than an hour. And then we'd have to buy another Diet Coke or a pizza or something like that just to stay there longer to continue the board meeting. But that was a huge success. We ended up selling that company, and, and it's public today as Grubhub, and it's on the New York Stock Exchange. Nutrisystem was a huge win for us, top-performing stock in America for five consecutive years. And, and, Paul, and also, you know, in the, in the healthcare field, um, startup, um, take, well, Startup Health <laughs> is going to be the, one of my next really, really big ones, and we'll talk about that. But I mean, so Take Care I'm Health System um, was just a super idea, this idea of putting in healthcare clinics inside of pharmacies, staffed by nurse practitioners to take care of people's common ailments. When people would say, what, I'm going to walk into a pharmacy and get checked out? It's the craziest idea ever. I would never walk into a pharmacy to do that. 
but you know the founders of that company Hal Rosenbluth and Peter Miller were amazing and they made it happen and we ended up selling our company to uh, Walgreens and our major competitor um, Minute Clinic was sold to CVS and we were the two big winners in, in that whole convenient care space. What are some of the ones that maybe you learned a big lesson from? I mean, you know it wasn't it wasn't a screaming success didn't work but you, you thought it would. You know I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that really the key for us in, in every investment that we make at 76 Capital is it's all about the people and who these people are. And we talk about the idea that you know, we look to invest in smart and nice entrepreneurs who are trying to change the world. And the key for us is really that word nice. You know, we look for people, and, and it's not just that you're the nicest guy in the world. And yeah, you got to be nice, but you also have to make sure that you have relationships with people, that you understand how to deal with people. And that's a key, a key piece for us. So, you know, I would say 90% of the investments, or even more than 90% of the investments, we invested in nice people. They were good people. They were trying to do everything right, but things just, in some cases, didn't work out. Whether it was the market, whether it was situations where we had a great company, but like it was pre-iPhone, and we were trying to do things on a on a dumb phone when we really needed smartphones, but it was right. And what's amazing is, is I know companies today, they're doing the same thing that are doing very, very right, well. It's all, timing. With, it's all timing. So timing is something that I think is, was, a, was a big factor. So what, what was your biggest lesson learned, uh, maybe in Fund 1, um, as you went to Fund 2? What was the biggest lesson learned that you, you know, didn't know when you started in 1999? I think the, the biggest lesson was, um, the biggest lesson we learned in, from, from, from the beginning to the end was really the idea of, uh, of just making sure that we work with the best people possible. I mean, that was the key. It's, it's always the key. I mean, it comes down to the people. It comes down to this idea that, you know, I, I, I always think about when I'm making an investment in a company, would I want to answer my phone at 11 o'clock at night after spending a whole day working on everything that we do in the venture capital entrepreneurial world? When I come home and I kiss my kids and they're already they're already asleep in bed and I see my wife and she's about to fall asleep. Maybe she's watching Bravo, you know. She loves Andy Cohen, you know, so we, we get to sort of see. By the way, hell of an entrepreneur. Hell of an entrepreneur, <laughs> that guy. Unbelievable what he's done there. But just think about, you know, and then the phone rings, right? It's 11 o'clock at night, the phone rings. And I say, you know, what, am I, I going to want to answer the phone and talk to this entrepreneur? Because many times when that phone rings at that time at night, it's not about the company. It's not about the business. It's maybe something personal. It could be their mom, their dad, their sister, their brother, something that's personal. And by the way, a lot of times it's health related. Fortunately or unfortunately, that's what it's about. And do I want, well, I want to help that person. Yeah. And so for me, that's the biggest lesson. The biggest lesson is work with people that are good people, that are nice people, and, and, and try to do great things with them. Fun two. Um, what's different about it than fun one, and, and what are some of the big bets you made in fun two? Well, I think, you know, again, not much has changed other than the sense that we look for, you know, we, we, we're, we're all about these great people. So we're very fortunate to have some really, really good portfolio companies. You know, to date, we've sold a number of companies already in this portfolio, and we have some more really good ones today, including Startup Health. Indiegogo is, is a great company. I mean, really super ma management team. I mean, they're the world's leaders in crowdfunding. Whistle Sports, doing, doing just spectacular things um, in the sports media world today. You've got companies like Lindy Skin, which is in the Startup Health portfolio, which is doing things to you know, help people who are going through cancer 
treatments and their, their rashes and their burns and their skin, you know, it's, it's amazing every single day. And it's in my book as well, you know, where I talk about it in my book and people tell me that. I just read in your book about Lindy skin and unfortunately, just, just yesterday, someone told me their daughter used it um, and it really helped them. It helped my father you know, when he was going through his cancer treatments. So to he have a company like that that's really doing something to help people means a lot. Um, to have companies like Hal Rosenbluth's next company, CareCam Health Systems, we're very excited about that. And to be involved with Startup Health, I mean, for, for us, this is, this is, this is, this is awesome. It's, first of all, it's, it's great being on the show with you. Um, it's great being here um, in the Startup Health studios. I mean, to, to, to see what's happened over the last five years with Startup Health is, amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Over 160 companies in your portfolio today um, is, is spectacular. To be the largest, you know, have the largest healthcare portfolio um, in the world is unbelievable. It's, yeah. un it's unbelievable. And to be part of it, to be on the board with you, with Unity, with Jerry, with Nick, is 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 great and and I know we're just getting started. Yeah, we are just getting started. So I want to dig into healthcare a little bit. So you've done investments outside of healthcare. You've obviously done both investments in healthcare and done well with some of your investments in healthcare. Why are you so passionate about healthcare? Why do you think it matters so much? So many venture capitalists are either afraid of healthcare, stay away from it, intimidated by it. What are your view? Your what's your world view on healthcare investing? Well, as as I said earlier, you know, at 76 Capital we're all about investing in smart and nice entrepreneurs who are trying to change the world. If you want to change the world, healthcare is the place to go. I mean, it really, truly changes the world, right? If you're going to change the world, you're going to make people's lives better. You're going to make this place a better place. I mean, as I always say, you know, all, it's all about making the world, make, making the world that you want to live in. Right? You want to make the world you want to live in. That's what it's all about. So if you're not healthy, if you're not able to be healthy, then how can you, it's, 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 it's how, do, how do you live, right? So to me, this, it's, it's a no-brainer to be in the healthcare industry. And especially, I agree 100% with what you and the team here at Startup Health talk about as being the golden age of entrepreneurship. It absolutely is the golden age of entrepreneurship for healthcare for all the reasons that you describe. I mean, whether it's the technology, whether it's the government piece of it, whether it's, you know, just all the major corporations with their, you know, interest in, in innovation. It's amazing today how many chief innovation officers reach out to venture capitalists like me and want me to come in and talk to them and talk with them and share our ideas and share the way we look to invest and how we're th what we're thinking about the world. And what do I tell them? Go call Startup Health. I just tell them to call Startup Health. <laughs> that's, where, that's, where all the, that's where all the inbound comes from. Uh, <laughs> Thank, thanks for doing that, Wade. So uh, I, I'm always in, intrigued by people who turn their wisdom into written form uh, in books. And you chose to take the last 20 years of your career and pack it into a book. Um, tell me why. I wrote the book. I, I wrote my books, Wayne Kimmel, you know, uh, Six Degrees of Wayne Kimmel, um, because I talk about all the time about entrepreneurship, and networking and how important that is. But the third pillar that I'd really talk about is giving back and helping other people. And I felt that over the last 20 years of being in the venture capital industry, being around amazing entrepreneurs, seeing what's next, being involved with people who are doing what's next today, it was my turn to try to help others and do more. And do more and give back to entrepreneurs, to just people who are looking to do things to 
to change the world. And if I can give people a few tips, a couple tricks maybe, a couple ideas, a couple stories, then it makes me feel great. And I really, you know, look, as you know, I'm all about making this world a better place. And this was one of my ways that I wanted to try to help make this world a better place. So uh, tell me about the name, Six Degrees of Wayne Kimmel. What's it mean? Why'd you choose it? Why'd you put your name in there? I want to hear a little bit about your thinking around it because I think it's actually interesting to see how you packaged yourself, your wisdom, and your worldview. Well, I call the book Six Degrees of Wayne Kimmel because m m a lot of my success has been around this idea of networking and this whole idea of six degrees and being able to figure out relationships and matching people together and, and putting people together. And I've seen how that's worked and how that's succeeded and helped a lot of my companies, how it's helped and succeeded in, helped me succeed in my own business. Um, and I wanna share those, those ideas and those tips with people all around the world. So for me, networking is one of the key things um, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, if you want to be successful in life, you have to have a network. You have to, be able to know how to do it. But here's the thing. So many people say, just go out and network. And what I talk about in my book, Six Degrees of Wayne Kimmel, is actually how to go do it, where to go do it, what do you say, what, what you do in the morning. Every single morning, I wake up and I fill my right pocket with business cards. And my goal is to empty my right pocket and fill up my left pocket with people that I meet, cards of people that I meet. That's what it's all about. It's all about building your network. All right, so what do you do with those cards in your left pocket when you come home? Most people throw them on their desk. What do you do? Well, great, great question. When I get these cards, I consider them my gold, okay? And back in the day, I used to put them in my shoebox because when we were, when we were you know, back then, there was, there was like a Rolodex. There was a Rolodex. There weren't all the amazing, you know, digital um, networking solutions that are out there today. So, you know, what I do is I get those cards. I send someone an email. I say, you know, it was nice meeting you. Thanks for your card. Does, that, does everyone get one? Or do you actually tear it and say, this, these are the important ones. These are the ones I don't really want to talk to. No, everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. And I also then look to see if I can connect with these people on, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, whatever the platform is. Because here's the thing. You never know. You never know who you're going to meet. You don't know, you don't even know who you've met and where they're going to go in the future. You know, look, we thought we were going to be lawyers. You know, that was, that was the plan. And certainly I was going to be a lawyer. That was the plan I was going to be for the rest of my life. But now I'm in this industry and that happens with a lot of people as well. So if you can then take those contacts, create a relationship with people and then stay in touch. You never know what's going to happen. And you may find out that one of your contacts that became a relationship all of a sudden has become the CEO of a major corporation. And maybe you can end up helping each other in the future. So what's your favorite story of the person you met randomly that turned into something important or impactful for you or one of your companies? Well, one of the stories I talk about in my book in Six Degrees of Wayne Kimmel is about how I met someone walking down the street while I was walking my brother's dog. And I actually, you know, she was chasing after me with her with a flyer and she was running for office and I had no idea who this person was and I actually was probably not that nice when I grabbed this you know leaflet out of her hand and stuck it in my pocket and I was walking down the street and I felt badly afterwards I called her we ended up having breakfast and lo and behold she's become one of my top investors um, and so because you just never know you just never know who you're gonna meet and I tell people that all the time and I say, you know, look, it's, again, it comes back to our, my overall philosophy. Which is? Which is, 
you just got to be nice to people. And that's what it's all about. So your, 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 your view, you know, lots of people talk about networking. So you practice it. You believe it's the key to your success. You actually have a methodology for it. Um, people read the book. What can they go out and do the next day? Well, I think the thing that you can do the next day is really simple. You wake up every single morning and you fill your right pocket with your, your own business cards and you go out there and your goal that day is to empty that right pocket and hand out your business cards to people and collect other cards and fill up your left pocket. <laughs> the next day you can go do that. What percentage of people respond to your initial email after you meet them? The after yeah, when you send them a note. Uh, after getting their card. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Most of the time they respond. Oh, yeah. Especially if they give me their card. But at the same time, it's, it's also, there are situations where, you know, I still want to go out and, and meet people and, and network with people that uh, maybe I don't know. So I'm, I'm constantly reaching out to people because I want to meet interesting people. I want to meet people that I think that I can help, maybe people that can help me or help my companies. So the larger the network that I can create, I think I can help my companies even more. So um, I want to shift gears a little bit to entrepreneurs. Um, you know, flip this around, and people use your strategy. I'm sure, you know, towards you, and so all of a sudden they meet you. They're following up. They want funding. They, what, what's the biggest mistake you see entrepreneurs making when they contact you? I think the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make when they reach out for to a venture capitalist or to a company is they just send a cold email. Um, I, you, you just in today's world. There's no reason to send a cold email. You, ha you can easily find out a connection, some kind of connection, whether it's you went to the same school, or you grew up in the same hometown, or you have a mutual friend. Something, there's something out there, or you like the same sports team. There's something out there that you can find out about somebody. What if you don't like sports? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, but there's, so there's always something. There's always something that you can find that is a mutual ground. Right. So you're saying, somebody. and I know you write about this in your book, and I've known you long enough to know that's part of your strategy. Um, you think it's lazy when they don't do that. Does that be a fair way of saying, saying it? I, 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 don't, I don't think they're trying hard enough. And if they're not trying hard enough, then why should I try as hard? Right. I mean, I, 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 I say it all the time. You know, like, I, and you know, it's that's. You, 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 have, you have to do these things. You have to do these things. When you think about what entrepreneurs do right, what are the ones that you're seeing that, you know, um, you know, you talk about Indiegogo, you talk about the CEOs of the Whistle Sports and, and, and Reverb Nation, and what, what are these entrepreneurs, what do they do to get to you? How do they meet you? How do they get your funding? These entrepreneurs are the ones that I, I see them, they make an effort, right? They make a real effort. But most importantly, in their business and in their, you could see that they're trying to move things forward. You know, I say, you know, one of the one of the keys to success is just to get off the couch. Just get up and get off the couch and go make it happen. Like it's amazing how many companies and how many people that I know or people that I've gotten to know over the years who are tinkerers, I would call them, or or just technologists and they're sitting there on their computer all day long just tapping away fixing the business plan a little bit better making the logo look a little bit better you know rewriting this rewriting that no you just got to go you got to get up off the couch and got to go make it happen and that's what i see those are the kinds of qualities that i see in these entrepreneurs that are just out there they're constantly learning they're constantly trying to figure out what's going to work because it's not whatever your first whatever your your first pitch is is not going to be your, your the one that you're going to most you're going to 
succeed with most likely. You know, it's like you're going to get doors slammed in your face. You're going to be called crazy. You're going to get called crazy as an entrepreneur. And you know what? If you're being called crazy, you're probably moving in the right direction. You're probably moving in the right direction if someone calls you crazy because that means you're doing something that's out there. You're doing something that other people can't see. You're doing something innovative. And that's what I love to see in entrepreneurs, that they're doing something that's like, you have to really sit back and go, wait a second, can that, wow, I'm not, I'm not sure. Is that really gonna happen? And that's what I look to invest in. Because if, if I invest in stuff that's just obvious, five years ago, was startup health obvious? Absolutely not, absolutely not. But it was a heck of a goal to create this amazing army of healthcare transformers. That's big, that's exciting. That's the kind of stuff that I like to get involved with. I love that, and, and you know, when you look back at Seamless Web, back when food ordering was, you know. Steve, let me tell you, let me tell you about, yeah. let me tell you about that. I mean, look at this. <laughs> How many people told me you're out of your mind as an investor to invest in a company that allowed people to order food online? This is in 2000, you're seven years before the iPhone came out. People would say to me, Wayne, come on, you just could fax in your order, you can call it in. You know, what do you need? And now, I, now I tell that to people, especially young people, they don't even, and I say fax and they don't even know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's amazing, they, they had the vision they had a vision, and they and they just kept moving and moving and moving forward. They kept as as my business partner today, his name is John Powell, and John talks about sort of moving the pebble, moving it forward, moving things forward. You're always moving forward, and when you have entrepreneurs that are just always that are that are that are just they're tough, and they could just they just know they can move move things forward. And you know what? They're it, you know this as an entrepreneur. There's dark times. It's not like it's everything is rosy. You're gonna get doors slammed on your face. You're gonna all sorts of things are gonna happen. I mean, people are gonna tell you you're out of your mind. Your mom's gonna tell you you're crazy. It's all crazy. But you know what? Just keep moving right. forward. Well, that's the thread. When I look at all the all the companies that are that are succeeding or have succeeded that you've backed, I look at whether it's Seamless or Take Care or Nutrisystem or Reverb or Startup Health or you know each of the things. They all were doing things before it was obvious, and you backed the crazy people who actually had this vision and this persistence to figure it out. Um, you're a unique venture capitalist. You're, you know, clearly uh, a little animated uh, out there. You get in front of people a lot. Um, what would you want to leave people with in terms of something they might not get from your book, something they might not get from reading uh, your newsletter or seeing you out, you know, speaking at an event? What do they not know about you? Well, I think the one thing that I would say to, to all entrepreneurs and just all people out there is to try to help other people. You know, help others because it will come back in the end. So if you're out there and you have an opportunity to help someone and to make their life better, go do it. Great having you on the show. Always great having you. Thank you for everything you do for Startup Health, for our portfolio companies, for me as a friend. Uh, it's great to watch you and your book succeed and uh, really just so incredibly happy that you're not getting the word out into the, into the world and hopefully people will read it and learn just a couple things from it. Make a difference. Thanks. Thank you.